Yeah, I just, I can't do it. It's, it's dead to me now. I like to have organic openings. Organic. Of me bashing on Breaking Bad, and yeah. then everyone will be like, fuck this girl, I'm going to skip her best episode. Ever. Yeah, best show ever. I know, I'm in the minority. So, I'm here with my friend Kelsey. Hello. Kelsey, how old <laughs> are you? I am 45. No, I'm turning 27 in <laughs> a few short weeks, which makes me feel... 45. Uh, 45. A cool 45 on the inside. I don't really like the number 27, um, but I really don't like the number 26. So I'm excited yeah. to not be this number anymore. Yeah, 26 is a pretty stupid number. I was. I loved being 25. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I think, old since I was, mm. you know, 18 or something. Yes. <laughs> I remember turning so, 17 and being like, wow. I am ancient. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to be in, like, my mid-30s when you, quote-unquote, might have it together. Yeah. You know, more people might have their life together. They yeah. might have, you know, a home, a man, mm-hmm. a pet, and what else do you need? I just posted this article about this French artist who is mm. 50 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, it like, had some wild quote about how women who are 50 are, like, unacceptable for him. Yeah. And, like, he talks in depth about how 25-year-old body is just, like, exquisite and there's nothing you know, that a 50-year-old can offer him. And I just want to say that when I'm 50, I know I will absolutely look my best. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get less yeah. ugly with every passing year. I think your fashion will just be primed for, it like, really a stylish... It really will be. This turtleneck that I'm wearing yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I will know all the good skincare deets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll know how to... I'll know how to do my hair. Yeah. Like... You'll have been podcasting about sex and relationships for, for many years. <laughs> Thirty years, so you'll know you'll know I'll be it able all. To orgasm with blinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that you are single and not looking, kind of. Yeah. Did I phrase that right? Like. Yeah. You are not. You are specifically not looking for a relationship right now. Yes. So uh, my backstory is that I was in a like long term, long distance relationship that was serious, and you know we were in love, yada yada yada, <laughs> uh, and then uh, that that ended and kind of shattered my world for a minute there. But it's been five years since that happened, which is crazy to even think about mm-hmm. that college was that long ago. But I kind of was, like, looking for a replacement for that for a long time. Like, I'm a relationship girl. I should be in a relationship. I'm this, like, loving person, which I am. But (laughs) um, it's just hard to find somebody that is in the same place as you, that you're attracted to, that you have sexual chemistry with, that you're intellectually compatible. And I... (laughs) I feel like it's an uphill battle to find somebody that you're really, truly compatible with. Yeah. That I, I have, I would say, decently high standards for someone. I want a really, like, satisfying click with somebody. Like, I want to just mesh almost immediately. Yeah. I kind of believe in, like, love at first sight, but, you know, yeah. maybe that's the cheesy side of me. And, uh, yeah, so I've had the past couple years I've been dating more and having a little bit more success with just, like, instead of just shitty first dates, I would date someone for a few months. And, uh, yeah, I've just kind of gotten burnt out on this whole, like, pretending your relationship, not defining anything, not really knowing how to 
date properly. Yeah, that stupid limbo that we all live in. Yes, the millennial dating limbo world. Yeah. And in the past few weeks, I've gone on a rampage even about the word dating. Because, like, what the fuck does it mean? Yeah. It means nothing. You texted me something about that. Um, well, dating means something different to everyone. So, I mean, you could say I'm dating to the person that you're dating, and they're like, yeah, we're dating. Yeah. And both of you are in something completely different together. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. Yeah. I guess it's... Dating used to imply to me that you are trying to work towards a goal of, like, being together and being in a relationship and, like, going farther. Yeah. But now it just seems like a catch-all word for it is anybody word. you're fucking, anybody you're texting, yeah. anybody you're yada yadaing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just annoyed in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty single, if that doesn't scream at all for you. So... The worst question, but mm-hmm. if you found someone who checked all those boxes, would you be like, oh, it's a relationship time? Or would yes, you, yeah. yeah. If, if someone, but you're not looking for them. I'm tired of looking for them. I'm mm-hmm. tired, like, I can't do dating apps anymore. Yeah. And I'm very happy to be in that spot where I'm yes. not even kind of on the fence of like, should I just download this again? Like, yeah. no. I, I do it and it <laughs> disgusts me because I like see, it's just, it's just awful, you know? Yeah. So I'm over that. I'm into just meeting people IRL and hoping for the best because as cynical as I might sound, I'm also just like a hopeless romantic. So uh, I am always open to that Mm -hmm. person, but it's, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, think about like the phrase love at first sight. I don't think that anyone said that. It's it's such a like, it's such a cliche, like catchphrase Mm -hmm. that I think people hear it and think it's silly right away, but I'm sure the first person who said that wasn't like I loved him yeah. at first sight. It's more just like, and I think I got that down women, on one knee, yeah. and that was it. <laughs> I think women are a lot more intuitive about like meeting someone and 30 seconds in being like, I could conceivably fuck this person. Yeah. I could, yes. I could, hundred percent. I could hang out with you, yeah. for longer than ten minutes. I've revised "love at first sight" to "love at first sentence," Ooh, yeah. uh, because you can. For me, one of the maybe the top thing on my list of anybody that I see a future with is that you have to be able to banter, and you have to be yeah. able to like catch my wit, yes, and and throw it back at me, yeah. And so if I meet somebody who right off the bat like doesn't miss a beat with a joke that Mm -hmm. I play, I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Where do you live? I remember meeting you. You don't remember meeting me? I do. We were at the blue line. Yeah, we were at the blue line. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, she's so pretty. And she is with, like, AmeriCorps, so she's, like, a really good person. And she's, like, moving states. So that's really intense. And now she's reaching out to her circles and like somehow I'm in her circle. That's so, so funny that you say that. Like perception is so far from yeah. reality. <laughs> and now I know you. So I was like, oh no, that's true. Oh my God. Well, I moved to Chicago and then I didn't make friends for like two years, you know? <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole ass episode about making true. friends. And that's something I've really tried to do this year is make Make more friends. <laughs> have you like succeeded? Me. I have succeeded. Wait, I would do you say. mean 2018 or 2019? <laughs> 2018. Okay. I have. I have tried. That was one of my New Year's resolutions was to make new friends, and I think I, I did that. I mean, 
the thing about making friends is that you make actually really good friends when you go through shit together. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you can meet somebody really cool just like at a bar or like Ashley and I went to a one night pottery making class and we met these girls that were so fucking funny cool. and I really need to reach out to them. But you know, it's like, it was a one time thing. It's hard to really bond with somebody if you don't go through some shit together. Yeah, that's true. Positive or negative. So, uh, this year I took like a theater class. Uh, so my, <laughs> my theater group are my, some of my new friends and also someone that I like people that I've dated yeah. And it didn't work out are also my friends. Uh, they've just been, like, cool-ish people. Yeah. If I've dated you longer than, like, three dates, I've dated a lot of dicks for, like, one date or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this past year I dated two guys that are both, like, awesome mm-hmm. in their own right. And one of Should them... Should we find them girlfriends on this podcast? I would love to find Whoa. one of them a Can girlfriend. Can you send me their pics? Yeah. He's super cute. I mean, I, like... And he's my friend, so I like him a lot. <laughs> uh, we, I went to his house to break it off, and I was, like, really nervous about it and really, like, kind of postponing it because, obviously, yeah. he's a good friend of mine. But uh, it just wasn't working out, and we had planned to go see the next Avengers movie, mm-hmm. but I had, I was like, okay, I'm going to break it off. I'm going to go home. I'm just going to, you know, go about my life. He's like, so are we going to go watch this movie? <laughs> I was like... Sure. <laughs> so that was a good movie. It was a good movie, and I'm glad I wanted to see it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So he Check. he's put the energy into being my friend. So I put energy back into it. But let's find him a lady. I would love to. Yeah. Um, speaking of like actual exes, people you have mm-hmm. called your boyfriend. Have mm-hmm. you ever dipped back into the pot? I have not. Um, so when you broke, I when understand when up, people why people do. But yeah, you never, you never touched it again. We had kind of a rough breakup mm-hmm. where um, he broke up with me over the phone, and I was really upset about it. <laughs> Lauren's making the appropriate face of just pure disgust. <laughs> uh, I was really upset about it because we were like, each other's worlds, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, looking back at it, I think if we had tried to do it in person, we would, like, still be together today, because wow. <laughs> we just, like, wouldn't be able to kind of end it, even though it, I knew it needed, like, we both knew, but... Why did it need to end? Um, so we had been dating for our almost five years, and... He, I had graduated from college and he still had like a decent amount of time left and he was also going to school over the summers for the past years before that. Uh, when we first started, we were doing long distance, but we had the summers in Chicago together. And then after a while, it just became all like see each other on the weekend, 48 hours of like having sex and like being in love and like going out and doing things and then just like a month of being away from each other. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't sustainable for us. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really a light at the end of the tunnel for an end to that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just growing up in some ways, too. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, we didn't talk for, like, a year until I was like, I need closure. Oh. <laughs> Come to my house. <laughs> oh, wow. So he came, and 
uh, obviously really nerve wracking to do that, but it was the most cathartic and worthwhile thing that I maybe have ever done for myself. Wow. Because. And no one had sex with each other? No one had sex with each other. I, he was like, can I have a hug? And I'm like, hmm. <gasps> you I didn't want to touch him. I was so, I was really hurt. Um, I was really salty about it. So, uh, but after that, I would have, like, I saw him very randomly or like tried to text him every once in a while when I knew that he was in Chicago and it just became like awkward and he wouldn't reply. Mm -hmm. So I took that as like a very much, he doesn't want to try to be friends. Mm -hmm. And I get that because it's hard to continue being friends with someone that you, you know, saw in that way. So, no, I have not dipped back into that. Although, after, like, you know, going through some guys where you're just like, who put you on this earth just to Uh. annoy me with your presence? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, maybe I should call somebody who I actually liked. But Well, it's funny because, like, I feel like every time one of my girlfriends breaks up with her boyfriend, like, she breaks up with him and she'll date for a few weeks and then I'll get a text that's like, Ugh, I want to text so and so, and I'm like, don't do it. No, but I understand. It's like as soon as you start meeting new people, all these strangers, all you crave is like this yeah. person that you knew. Yeah. And, but it's know. just a mess. It yeah. makes your whole life a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Don't I hate it. mess. Marie Kondo says, break <laughs> it off and don't look back. <laughs> Bring all your exes into the room and thank them for their service <laughs> and say thank you next. Thank you next. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of using you as my guinea pig because I have all these new topics. Pumped. Yeah, that I want to talk about with with guests. Maybe I'll retract that statement. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a list that I've come up with from conversations in person and just also my own brain. But then also a bunch of people submitted topics that they want to hear about. So let's run through some of them and you can answer whatever you want. Cool. One night stands. What about it? <laughs> Give me an adjective. An adjective. Necessary evil. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. Thanks. I uh, have had a lot of one night stands, and there was some question on your Instagram about it, about like people who haven't even had a one night stand. Yeah. And I was like, Am I a hoe? No, uh, I got so many messages that were like, I only have one yeah, night stands. Yeah, because. Yeah, it's, I don't, unless you're going from significant relationship to significant relationship back to back and just not having any sex in between, Mm -hmm. there's that, just like wanting to have sex Mm -hmm. because you're a human being that Mm -hmm. likes sex. And two, it's just, it's a little depressing to me because it's just the way, millennial dating works mm-hmm. in my opinion at least the past five years that I've been like yes. dating around um when I was on tinder and I was on all these apps it was yes I would go on some dates with people a lot of dates and like nothing happened but you know if you do feel chemistry with somebody and that's you kind of like fast track yeah. to this really intimate place and I think that ruins everything it's hard in my experience, personally, as a woman, not to view like it's it's had to it's something I've had to teach myself to not view sex contractually. 
like, when I have sex with someone, I'm not giving them anything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes when we talk about you one think night you, stands... You think you are giving them something or you're not? You are... I mean, now I, I don't believe that you're giving someone anything when you have sex with them. See, and I'm... That's really funny that you say that because I'm kind of going in the opposite direction mm-hmm. where... Sex can be meaningful, for sure. If you, if you are having sex with someone that you care about and I'm not to get too, like, witch doctor about it, yeah. but I think that that's, like, an exchange of energy. Like, you yeah. are... You are sharing something with them. Yeah. But the way that I grew up was, like, think think about even, like, the concept of virginity. Like, mm-hmm. now we're getting oh, really awful. deep. Yeah. But, like, yes, a man's penis is not powerful enough to, like, take your virginity away from you. Virginity is, like, a total construct. And, yeah. But when you start thinking about it that way, and that's the way that sex is introduced to you, like, of course, I mean, I would... Think I would, about how the whole basis of christianity is on a virgin yeah the whole like yeah. and think about how christianity affects everything that we do in our day-to-day lives whether yeah. you realize it or not yeah wars were fought over one woman one woman who was a virgin yeah and had a baby <sighs> you so know real, Kelsey. like <laughs> dropping knowledge it's things i it's things like that that you don't think about or just yeah. like take for granted it's like oh the virgin yeah. mary yeah you know yeah home girl whatever but <laughs> <laughs> home girl mares but you know and talk about the greatest con of all time. <laughs> yeah, like, is there a greater con than convincing, like, your dad, like, I don't know, God just came Immaculate down. conception, dude. And did, did something. Just, did he you kiss her on the forehead? you want to be mad at Gabriel, dad? Ooh. I don't know enough about Gabriel. Oh, this is the angel who came to her and was mm-hmm, like, get mm-hmm, pregnant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think, like, growing up <clears> being, like, this is something precious that you have to guard and one day like this is going to happen and you won't have it anymore yeah. it's like you get very protective mm. over it mm-hmm. and then even after you do lose your virginity you're still like oh god like i had sex with him yeah now he like owns a part of me now Oof. he now i like i don't know you know people have all yeah. different crazy kinds of feelings about yeah it. and so i think that i think sex can be meaningful and beautiful and you're sharing something amazing and I also think it can be meaningless and awesome and that's fine <laughs> yes meaningless and awesome yeah like awesome sex not, period like yeah, I don't it's not I'm mutually exclusive it. at all it's like right I guess my flip of that is that I spent so long having such little self-worth that I had like n- not no worth attached to like having sex with somebody from, but just a, just a, like, sh- sure, like, I'm not giving you anything great, where now I'm trying to think of it more like, yeah, I'm doing you a fucking favor, like, I'm high, yeah. I'm smart, like, I have a job, <laughs> I have a car, <laughs> um, I'm funny, you know, yeah. like, you're fucking welcome that you're seeing me naked, so I am, like, giving them something. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Where before I the felt gift like. Of your presence. The gift of me. Um, and where before I was just like, yeah, you don't, I don't know, you grow up in this weird world where just like sex is everywhere and Mm -hmm. the self-worth of women is just tiny. Yes. And so it's like, yeah, sure. Somehow giving men all the power and like they're doing me a favor by like thinking that I look hot naked, but really, you know, I shouldn't. It's the other way around. I'm trying to grow out of that. Yeah. 
So now, one night stands, pro or against? In pro general, or anti? In general, anti, only because it's very rare that, like, Chris Hemsworth is going to be at the bar yeah. and wants to, you know, fulfill my fantasies or whatever. True. So I just have a very high standard yeah. for that now. But I'm sure I will have them again. If you could have sex with one celebrity, who would it be? Um, from from Peaky Blinders and Locke. These are such obscure. Oh, from the, was he not Killian Murphy? Is he like always the bad guy? Was he in um, the Dark Knight? Yes, yeah, the bad guy in Dark Knight. Yeah, he's the he's, he's Bane. The bad guy. Oh my god, I have to Google it now. I'm so- Oh wait, I was thinking about a different person. Are these are they both are both of these people in the same He's in everything and he can just Tom Hardy. Oh my god. I love Tom Hardy. And I don't I'm, even know what he looks like. I'm sorry, like. Tom, I that I forgot picture, your name. I know you're listening to the pod right now. I can now. only picture Bane. Um He mm. is just so I love movies, I love uh film and stuff, and he is just yeah. an incredible actor, but also badass and has a great accent and has like tattoos and it's just What's so his accent? British. Um, English. It's a good one. But can do, has done so many different types of roles. Um, yeah. I love nice. him as a person. I also like Chris Hemsworth a lot yeah. as Thor. <laughs> like if Thor came Who to doesn't? my house, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be mad about it. That was an amazing answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's go back to topics. Okay. Um, okay. So I got a question about performance anxiety. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm... And this is not where the, the person was going with it, but it really made me think about how it manifests in men versus how it 100%. presents in women yeah. because it is not just a man thing no. at all. But, like, if I think the reason that it's probably more widely talked about with men is because it, it stops it's, penetrative sex from exactly. happening. It's physical. There's yeah. a very physical, like... Yeah. Either you're up or you're down. Like, (laughs) there's only an on-off switch here, so... But for women, I think it can be physical, too, but it just doesn't stop... It doesn't stop... It doesn't stop someone from just, like, fucking you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so it's much uh, more shameful and not talked about. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It can come in a lot of different Mm -hmm. sizes, shapes, and forms, Mm -hmm. and... I think it's. I think in general, it's more interesting to talk about men, because they have such a big ego. Yeah. And so, how do you deal with that you know mm-hmm. if if it's if that was going to be my question you, for you if you've had if you've had sex with someone who has experienced performance anxiety yeah mm-hmm. yeah um do you think that you or he do you think you guys <laughs> dealt with it appropriately or was like what would your suggestion from that experience I be i haven't had it happen too often mm-hmm. so my my ex-boyfriend <laughs> it, he you know, he could always get hard all the time. Like, mm-hmm. but we were like 18, 19, just like horny yeah. bastards, you know? <laughs> and to the point where it's like, I couldn't really keep up with that. Yeah. Uh, so going into the, the rest of the world and dating these guys who like can't get it up or like, yeah. uh, uh, it was just like a different thing or like could only have sex once mm-hmm. and then be done. I will say what's interesting about the guy I am dating, quote unquote dating right now, is that he... Without asking him, like, he will 
trying to make me orgasm, which I know is like a revolutionary idea <laughs> that I shouldn't be like, wow, he's yeah. trying to make me orgasm. But like, uh, yeah. And is really like patient and yeah, just interested. Patience in, is very important. Yes. And understands that it like takes time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was another question on your Instagram about, can you be with somebody who has like a different sexual chemistry mm-hmm. than you, which could mean a lot of different things. Yeah. Do they, are they way more horny, way less horny, way more experienced, like a, a way less experienced, different stamina. sex drive. And I was in the camp of like, no, okay. that would make things very difficult unless you're 50 and you're both just like, and even then you probably are both, your sex drive is like lower. Ooh, I love this one. How do you want someone to ask you to come over? Like, if you're on a date, and I recently got this question from someone who was like, how can I ask a girl to come over and not sound like I want her to come over and have sex with me? Well, And I basically said, you can't. Hmm. Because no matter, I mean, it would just have to be a measure of like, the kind of person that you've just, like, proven that you are up to that point, that you would not be, like, come over so I can trick you into having sex with me. But to me, even if someone I really like asks me over and I they've been very respectful so far and whatever, um, I still think there's always going to be that, like, question of, like, will we, won't we? A hundred percent, yeah. So I don't, I, my opinion on this maybe hopefully not to color yours and I just asked you, but is that I think that it would be really, really hard to ask someone over and not make it sound like something's going to happen. Yeah. I, I do think there is a way to ask, but my general rule these days is that if you're in another person's house, they think that you've, that they've made it into your pants, basically. Like you have come to their house and that and that is basically you initiating sex. And yeah. I know that's not true for all guys, but that's just my experience right. where, you know, they're like, oh, my God, she yeah. came to my house where I really just want to have tacos and, like, watch Netflix and yeah. get to know you be, and not spend $50 at the bar, you know? Yeah. Or going on an activity. But I think when I was younger, I feel like I was more naive and that was broken because, you know, I went, <laughs> I was crushed uh, because I was on dating apps and uh, I would go on a date for a guy and then he'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, have dinner at my place, yada, yada, yada. And I was like really excited to just, even if we did have sex, like, but like to have dinner and talk first. Mm-hmm. And I went to this guy's house and I looked in his living room and it was pitch black. Like he had no plans on entertaining me in the oh public space. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was just like, here's my bedroom. Uh, did he make you dinner? We, like, eventually went to get tacos. We, like, went out and came back. Okay. Yeah, I think you can ask someone to come over, though, and be just... If you say, like, we're not going to have sex, like, yeah. I actually... If you're aware enough about the situation... And aren't trying to be coy or, like, flirty in any way and just kind of come right out and be, like, hey, I'm, you know, I don't want to hook up. I don't want to hook up tonight. I just want to, like, get to know you. I think 
I would yeah. like that if someone reached out to me and said, "Yeah, I really actually want to make you dinner." That was a really refreshing perspective, Kelsey. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, do you have a sex bucket list? I don't. Yeah. Uh, well, I have some like fantasies that I I hope that like I check off my mm-hmm. list uh, that are just meeting the right person who is also like adventurous in that same way or like just loves me enough that like they'd be down to to do, do that but I have you know it's hard to trust somebody that you don't mm-hmm. know very well um do you want to share one with us I'll share one if you do threesome really yeah yeah which I don't think is that crazy <laughs> threesome like what's the um ratio mm. Two females, one male. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we're getting really aggressive here. Fill all my holes. <laughs> all the holes, all the time. <laughs> It'll be great. No, no, no problems. No. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> Check anyone, off the if anyone's out there, uh, you know, it's funny because don't say that every single man. I know. They'd be like, oh. Oh, on Tinder or like on dating apps, you'll run into the occasional person that's like, I'm not trying to date you. I have a girlfriend. We're looking for somebody. Yeah. And they never have like pictures of their face, but I'm I'm just like, so mysterious. Like, does this work? Does this happen? I think does it does it, work. Does it? Uh, I'm sure it does because the rest, the other half of Tinder is just people who want to fuck other people. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if I really wanted to put my money where my mouth is, I could find. <laughs> I'm very some confident that group, you could. Some group sex. <laughs> um, Wait, are you going to share or do you not want a bunch of oh. nasties in your DM? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I would like to... Sex bucket list. Okay, I would like to have sex at a like a fancy party Ooh. in in like the bathroom or something. I just oohed straight <laughs> into my my Coke Zero. Um, I have definitely had sex at a party. I can't say it's fancy. Yeah, <laughs> cannot say. It's fancy. I want to be like dressed up when it happens. Yeah, like a yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Like Maybe a, a Rihanna. Wedding. Maybe I'll ruin someone's wedding. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> Where's my Coke Zero for that? Ooh. <laughs> This one I have a really strong opinion about. Can a relationship last if the only thing wrong is that there's no sexual compatibility? That was submitted by a listener. Um, if you're open to being in a polyamorous relationship where you like let the person have sex however they please, but yeah, otherwise, or you're both asexual, but sex is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if it if you think it's not important, it'll become important, and yeah. To me, it's a, it's it's a very like glossing over way to phrase that question. Um, not that they meant it that way, but if the only thing wrong is that there's no sexual yeah. compatibility, like that's I mean that's the basis of attraction, isn't it? So right, but I guess if I really think about it, where this is the man that makes me laugh and takes care of me, and I want to walk down the aisle with him. But why would you want to walk down the aisle with him if you didn't feel? romance toward him well sexual compatibility and romance are different right i don't know (laughs) where so can you feel romantic about someone that you don't feel sexual toward i don't even know if that i'm thinking like he's too big and you're too small or like he wants sex all the time and you don't want it at all 
or if like the only he thing likes, wrong she is likes there's no and, sexual compatibility. You know, I read that as like we don't want to have sex with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I, need I to find, find it, this person who submitted this. Yeah, I think um, it's hard for me to believe that you can't make it work. Yeah. And, or, you know, if you waited to have sex till you got married, and then all of a sudden you're fucking married, and the you know, sex is off, it's not right. Yeah. I think there are so many things to do in the bedroom, and so many books to read, and yeah. erotic novels to read, and I don't know. Like, there, there's so much that, you know, you could crack open your uh, attitude towards that. Have you ever read an erotic novel? I have not. Oh, yeah. But... I mean, I've read, you know, sexy bits of <laughs> novels, but uh, not an expressively erotic novel. But I uh, I think it's an interesting, like, if you read... Endeavor. Yeah. I was reading a book where, like, the couple was, like, you know, a middle-aged couple, but they would read erotic novels in bed. In, the, was, in the book? In the book. Oh, okay. Was, but I was like... It's oh. very meta. It is meta. I, when I was, when I was literally, like... 12 or 13, one of my aunts, um, I was at her house and she started giving me all of these Nora Roberts books. Mm. Do you know who that is? I do vaguely. Yeah. So she pretty much only writes like romance yeah. novels. A little bit sparks. Yeah. Right. Um, sparks so I don't know necessarily, I don't know if, I don't know what can be categorized exactly an erotic novel. Mm-hmm. But to 13-year-old Lauren, they were certainly... <laughs> but I didn't know. I just... I, I read everything. We didn't have internet. Like, we didn't really have cable. I read everything. And you were trying all to... All the time. And so I was... They're trying to shelter you I was, at the same yes, time, Yes, exactly. Right? I was bored. And then all of a sudden... So I'm, like, reading this book. And you had a about, sexual awakening. And then all of a sudden, someone's, like, a vampire. <gasps> and then they're all fucking. And I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> I basically just started, like, hoarding all these Nora Roberts novels from my aunt. Mm-hmm. And I think one time my mom saw one, like, in the living room or something. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, don't worry about it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it. But they were all, I think they all had, like, a, a, a fantasy edge. So, like, in every single novel, someone, like would transform into a horse or something. I mean, you know, all good erotic novels have a (laughs) bit of fantasy because otherwise, you know, you could just get regular sex in real life. life. You could go read a Nicholas Sparks book, you know, like there's some plain... Do Nicholas Sparks books have sex in them? Mm, I don't know. I don't read Nicholas Sparks. (laughs) Someone who Nicholas Sparks, let us know. Yeah. How erotic does it get? But you I know, feel like in there the has notebook, to be some sex there's in some, there. there's some good implied sex in the notebook, the movie, which I am all for. Oh, but really? I wonder if they go into it in the book. Interesting. I've not seen the full She's like, notebook. That, that's what I've been missing all this time. And it's like, whoo. Oh, yeah, you're Ooh. fucking peak Ryan Gosling right now. So. True. How do you politely make suggestions during sex? <laughs> Is it possible? You tell me, and I bo- and we'll both know. I think um, that being polite about it can make it even more awkward. Yeah. But obviously you shouldn't be mean. Um, could you please? <laughs> oh my god. So I this is a slightly sidebar, but Oh my god. Is that outside? That was outside. It he sounded out- like he was right next to me. I wonder if it's in the basement. Just, I I hate the idea of, like, too much nipple pain. 
It oh. like freaks me out. Like too much nipple pain. Like piercings or like just like don't oh. don't come near my nips. Like I'm <laughs> making some. Do not. Uh, Wait, can I sidebar your sidebar? Yes. My friend texted me today. She was trying to put a bralette on. Okay. And she accidentally ripped off her nipple piercing. <gasps> I know that's what I, that's what I heard. Why did you tell I'm me that? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Which is literally my worst oh fear Oh my life. god. I am just... I don't have nipple piercing. My nipples are too sensitive. I could never have my nipples pierced, and I also could never rip out nipples. Also, I was like, did you jump into it from the third floor? How like, pain- did she say how painful it was? She said it didn't hurt, because oh, she doesn't have sensitive god. nipples. Oh, thank god. But so still, you, did it bleed? Oh my god. I, I don't can't think even. It, I, don't I can't even. I can't even. I told her to put some aquaphor on it. <laughs> <laughs> do you... Some cream. So do you... <laughs> Do you, do you like your nipples being touched? Yes. So I've come around, the point of my story is that I've come around to it a bit and it's like, I don't like it when, I like it when you bite it like a little bit. So I know that you're there, if you will. Oh, yes. Um, otherwise it's just like a bunch of spit and like, you know, I don't know. Well, who's, yeah, there shouldn't yeah. be a whole lot of Not spit. A lo- okay, I've, I've made piece. a quite an image there, but, um, <laughs> so this guy, uh, <laughs> It was, he was super drunk. I, I like him a lot, but he was really drunk. It had been his holiday party all day long. And I think I had said something like, like, bite it. Just like a, a gentle note. And I don't even like saying any instructions. I'm like, just, it just makes me uncomfortable. Right. I bled. <gasps> I bled. He had a white shirt on and there was like little specks of red dots on it. And I was just like, what kind of where teeth did does he have? even come from? And then, yeah, it, like, hurt the next day. No! And he was, yeah, pretty embarrassed. And, uh... That's interesting. Because he just put on a shirt, and he's like, what is that? I was like, it's from my nipple. You bit it. (laughs) You bit me too hard. So now, you know, ladies, just don't give any instruction. It could go horribly wrong. Wow. Um, It wasn't as bad as my, like, extremely deep, dark fear about it was. Right. But... Oh God, that makes me really uncomfortable. And I love—I mean, I'm a—I'm a big fan of yeah, that. I've—I've yeah. never bled. Yeah. Knock on wood somewhere, but mm-hmm. um, oh God, yeah. now I'm scared. Yeah, don't be too scared. It was more okay. funny than anything, but I still uh, don't want it to happen. To I really, me. Oh, man, I don't know how to give instructions because it's like mm. they're already doing. They're doing their best, you know, Uh, especially when it comes to things like head, Mm -hmm. where I don't know how to do it. (laughs) Just Just be better. Just be better? (laughs) That sounds rude as hell. Just, like, (laughs) do something else. Can you try harder? Can you try harder? Yeah, so uh, I'm intrigued for what other people say about that. Me too. But when I am dating somebody, I always, at the get-go, I'm trying to be like, what do you like? Yeah. What... What's your favorite body part? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what what's your kink? What's your thing? Um, hopefully it's not too kinky that I, like, run out of the room. But I, I try to ask those questions. I don't think I've ever gotten those questions in return. Mm. You know? Guys, you need to ask us more questions. Yeah, why not? Every, every body is different. True. Everybody. So, in the club being in, different. <laughs> sexually different. So ask, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Let's talk about dating with a... Would you categorize that? It's a super ignorant question. No. 
as a chronic illness. I would definitely categorize it as a chronic illness. So dating with a chronic illness. Yes. Tell us about yours. Um, I have a couple. (laughs) Uh, my, my... Smattering. A smatter. I dabble. I am type 1 diabetic. That is my, woo, my disease, uh, T1D. And I was... kind of fun to say, T1D. Yeah, it's a nice, it has more of a ring to it than diabetes, which is (laughs) a fan favorite in the world. Um, So I have diabetes, uh, T1D. And yeah, it changes the dating world. It changes my whole world. Everything I do is kind of affected by it. And... I have struggled with it for a really long time. I've had a good year, which is nice. I've ha- I haven't been able to say that before. I've had a good year in the diabetic world, but what is particularly interesting about the guy I'm dating right now is that he's also diabetic, mm. and it's quite surreal to me and uh, very different. <laughs> so Is it, like, a positive different? A hundred percent. Yeah, like, yeah. you can just... It's, like, a thing you don't even have to think about anymore. Right. So, just to, like, back it up for anyone who doesn't know, for for our listeners at home that don't know what type 1 diabetes is... Is it uh, the kind that Nick Jonas has? It is the kind that Nick Jonas has. Nick Jonas, where are you at? <laughs> yeah. It is the juvenile diabetes, so usually diagnosed when you're younger. It has... They don't really know what causes it. Maybe a virus that you've had, but essentially your body attacks itself. It's an autoimmune disease. And it's not tied to your, uh, like, food, sugar intake, you know, similar to what people think about type 2 diabetes. Uh, about 90% of diabetics have type 2 diabetes. Oh, wow. You're so special. I am so special. Somebody looked down and was like, this she, girl needs a disease. She. <laughs> <laughs> She's done something in a past life. Uh when I was in high school, um, I had a group of friends. This is going to sound really petty. Um, I had a group of friends who was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. I maintained mm-hmm. that I was um, apathetic about them. Okay, yeah. I'll and let the record show. <laughs> I was apathetic about the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I mean, I liked... I, yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I was there with you. Yeah. I, I'm on the same page. And, um, you know, Nick Jonas was diagnosed, and he wrote that really emotional song about it. And I remember my friends being like... Um, the way that he found out that he was that he had type one diabetes was he drank twelve cups of chocolate milk and then threw up. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't even sound like anyone would throw like up. Like it makes sense after yeah. they drink twelve cups of chocolate yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nick Jones. A little sensitive boy that I had hope a he's promise okay. ring. Well, he just got married to yeah, Bianca, he's, right? He's doing so real he's on well. top of the fucking world right now. I wonder if he was still a virgin. I highly doubt it. Yeah, personally. I feel like absolutely not. All of the headlines are like, Nick Jonas is dating an old lady. And it's like, <laughs> it's fucking Priyanka Chopra. Like, have you seen her? She's gorgeous. Like, I, yeah. I hope that she had sex before Nick Jonas. I hope she yeah. tasted some stuff. <laughs> Why the wine tasted? Before she had vanilla. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> little little uh, suggested there. Yeah, I hope she had. I hope she had some other flavors. Yeah, we've we've derailed a bit. Back to your diabetes. My diabetes. Uh, but yeah. So the general premise is that you're trying to keep your blood sugar at a, a level, a hun- like basically a hundred is like a good level. And you can either go 
too low from exercising or taking insulin, which is, you know, the drug, and uh, lots of different things can affect you to go low as well as go high, like eating food and being stressed out or oh. being on your period or oh my gosh. about a million things can affect ev- all of it all the time. Yeah. So it's hard to control. And, uh, yeah. So, but there's a lot of tech, which is good. So I have an insulin pump, which is connected to me all the time. I also have a constant glucose monitor, which takes my blood sugar every five minutes and sends it to an app on my phone. So the tech is really crazy, but what comes with tech is like alarms and notifications and just more like tech stress. Yeah. So in general, that's a, that's a thing. But then uh, when it comes to dating, it's another layer because, you know, like things are going off all the time or like if I, (laughs) so here's a very good example. Uh, if you exercise, your body eats the sugar in your system and like your blood sugar can drop low. And that is like an immediate thing that you need to fix. Like I have like an animalistic instinct of like, I need sugar right now, but also like I can break out in a cold sweat or be really shaky and quivery. Is that why exercise studios have like... Um, like lifesavers or like candy on their counters or no? I, I, I have never made that connection, oh. but maybe. <laughs> I think any like anybody will be like, my blood sugar is a little low. Like yeah. some people are sensitive to it even if you're yeah. not diabetic. My bar studio has um, Starburst. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I appreciate anyone that has, like, little candies. Shout out to Pure Bar Bucktown. He probably doesn't want to be associated with this podcast. <laughs> What's your fetish? <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, basically, my exercise is exclusive to just, like, having sex. I hate working out, but uh, I have sex. And by I re- time I reach, like, 3, 4 in the morning, my blood sugar sometimes drops way too low. So all the alarms on my phone and my pump go off in some stranger's home, and I don't have access to, like, I don't know what they have in their fridge or their pantry to just eat. So, like, they're awake because of all these alarms, and I have to explain that I'm not dying, but I need help. And it's just, like, a very vulnerable position after I'm already been vulnerable. Yeah, you did the vulnerable already. But, like, that's nothing compared to how vulnerable I feel when... uh, I am, like, low on sugar in a place where I don't have, like, control over yeah. uh, it. And it's embarrassing to me, even though I know it's, like, not embarrassing. embarrassing. But it's something that I would not talk about. I want to talk about it on my own time and my own terms. But yeah. then you, like... But then it bring, comes up and you have to. It comes up. Like, you take your shirt off and I have, like, these things attached to my stomach. And, you know, you're about to get down and dirty. Yeah. And they're like, what's that? Which is a totally fair question because I got a bunch of shit coming out of my bod. Uh, but I just, now, these days, I'm just like, don't worry about it. Just, like, don't ask. Keep yeah. it moving. Uh, because now is not the time to get into, like, my super heavy yeah. past with this disease. Yeah. And I used to be kind of different. I'd be, like, an open book about it. But now, unless you're genuinely interested and like willing to learn and hear me out then I'm just not gonna spend my energy on teaching you about diabetes I think I've said this before but I'm gonna say it again yes 
if it can't be changed in 10 seconds, mm-hmm. don't comment on it. Yeah. And that includes things that are coming out of your body. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're about to have sex. I w- if someone was, like, wearing something or, I don't know, like, yeah. whatever, I wouldn't be like, tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk later. Yeah. It's my sex button. You just <laughs> press it and I orgasm. Everything <laughs> they told you about women was a lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's... Yeah, just don't ask. Because it's, like, flattering to me when people don't ask, and it's, like, not the first thing they see or, like, whatever, and they're just, like, seeing me, and they still yes. wanna, you know, just keep on going about yeah. what we're doing. All the autoimmune diseases, all diseases are unique, so everyone's kind of experience with them is unique, and that is a whole other part of kind of dating and getting to know somebody as uh, how much you want to give up um and tell them about it and you do that and you get really personal sometimes it feels like guys they can't help it they want to like fix you and they want to they want to fix your diabetes they want to like make you feel better and this overlaps with kind of having depression where they uh, you know they think they can kind of help more than they can really the only way to help is just to listen it's yeah. like the end, but a lot of people have things to say or opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not like you're sharing with them and they're listening to like respond and not just listening to listen. Right. But, but it's interesting to date someone who's diabetic because I like can tell stories that I haven't really told anybody. Yeah. Because he's receptive to that and he's like understands and maybe can relate. Can relate for sure. We're just totally on the same page in a yeah. lot of ways, in a, in a way that I've never been with anybody yeah. else. So, I, it's also refreshing because we're just, like, becoming friends as well. Yeah. And we met in a really organic place at a, like, through volunteering through JDRF, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's my other New Year's resolution this year was to volunteer more. Mm-hmm. So, I tried to check that box and... Yeah, so I met him through that, so it was very organic. And really, I was pretty resistant to joining anything with JDRF or meeting people who also have diabetes, because even within diabetes, there's different bodies, there's different reactions. A lot of people are, like, way more in control. And even though it is, like, a judgment-free zone, and, like, I know that, but I wasn't doing well at it for a really long time and I would never have felt comfortable until I was in a better healthier place to like meet with other people who are healthy and you know just in a good place where they feel comfortable enough to volunteer for this organization yeah and everyone's really great and super nice but I didn't want to even meet other people for fear of kind of judgment and uh, kind of just like blank stares when people, you're like, oh, my A1C is this. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's, A1C is like a, an average number for the past three months, an average blood sugar. And even when I go to doctors, I'm like, oh, my A1C is like eight and a half. Like, you need to change that. I'm like, you're my fucking OBGYN. Like, <laughs> get out of my vagina before you start lecturing me about yeah. that. I'm like, so I've had lots of other doctors that aren't my primary, like my endocrinologist, give me 
unintended, unwarranted, unwarranted attitude. Yeah, geez. about it, where it's obviously like super personal. You can't. You, there's no quippy comeback in two seconds about you know why it's not great because it's super personal and yeah. like it's a super everyday struggle. So to be like, yeah. oh, you need to do better on that. It's like, man, <sighs> uh, <sir. laughs> yeah. Wasn't there something else too? Also, dating with depression, mm-hmm. um, mental illness, and um, yeah, this has been a particularly crazy year yeah. for that because uh, I started antidepressants this year. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I started therapy. Yay! Uh, you can add applause sound uh, well, effects yes. in the background. I know how to do that. Yeah. So I have struggled with depression for a really long time, through high school and college, and then uh, less so after college, but it has, like, come back harsh and hard this past, like, last fall, um, and I just fell into a really dark place, and... I got to this point where I was like, I need to see somebody or else I'm going to fucking lose it, you know? Mm-hmm. I was really resistant to antidepressants for a long time, but it has kind of changed my life. But it's it's strange to date with depression because I am just fucking sad sometimes. Yeah. I'm just fucking sad. Why are you sad? I don't know. I'm just fucking sad. Yeah. You know, and... That's something where people want to fix you. Mm-hmm. They're like, but you're, you're so great. You're so beautiful. You're so smart. You're so strong. Like, you do all these things. It's like the, <laughs> the, the disease is, is masking all of that in my yeah. mind. Like, yes, gratitude journals. And like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, makes me vomit. But uh, yes, like so many things are great and so many things are beautiful. But sometimes I'm just fucking sad because the chemicals in my brain are uneven. Yeah. And, uh... It's like, episode nine, Nick was like, I hate when people are like, just go on a run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just drink some more water. Yeah, stay hydrated. You heard of, uh, celery juice? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, yeah, so people have lots of things to say, but a lot of times when you're dating somebody and they want to, like, make you happy... They want to make you happy when you can't be made happy. Yeah. And it's very difficult to date people that don't understand mental illness. And it's really, like, disarming to find out that the person you're dating, like, doesn't like this whole part of you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that I'm... I don't know. It's it's interesting to be single for a while, Mm -hmm. and you are... You, whether you kind of realize it or not, you become so comfortable with having your own space to be sad. Like, I can be sad on my couch. Nobody's looking at me. I just, me and my cats. Ooh, yeah. Chilling. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody else in your life that all of a sudden is, like, looking at you be sad on your couch with your cats. Yeah. And it, like, <laughs> throws it into stark, stark light where, you know, it's, but I've grown to a place where that is, like, the whole part of me. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is Mm -hmm. either. I, in general, am a super open book, you know, about everything, but I've become a little bit more reserved and kind of just experimenting with the idea of, like, maybe I won't tell them about this 
for a long time. Yeah. You know, and it'll be something that they earn, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. uh, when they get to a certain level of trust. But I, I can't help myself. I'm just like, well, I saw my psychiatrist this morning. And right. He, told, he, told, he said the darndest thing. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't help it. It's just my whole life. And anytime I'm like, oh, I'm going to actively not say this thing that popped into my head, I'm just like, that's too much energy, you know? <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. So, Release it. So, yeah, whether, and that kind of goes into this thing where I'm just, I'm just single and, like, saying whatever the fuck I want and doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And yeah. if someone comes and, like, dances the same exact dance with me and wants to, like, get in step with my life, then by all means, but... Do you have any last words before I kill you? Uh, do I have any last words? I would like everybody to be more open-minded. If you're listening to this and you have a judgment about anybody, try to be conscious of that and try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. That's my number one pet peeve that people can't even think for, like, two seconds what it might be like on the other side. Yeah. And I think that's true for all this kind of relationship shit, and you kind of see it, I think, sometimes, and again, I'm judging people (laughs) by their responses sometimes to, like, your Instagram questions, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, how do they not see the Mm -hmm. other side of this? So I think just taking a moment to try to open your mind as much as possible to Mm -hmm. other people's... uh, POVs will never hurt. That's the whole point, right? Is like, even with all of these polls, the number one thing that I think they show us, I hope people are paying attention to, is like 30% of people think one way and 60% of people think the other way. I get a lot of things that are really close to 50-50. And at the end of the day, like, everyone is so different. So just Mm -hmm. do what you feel like is right. Yeah. Do what you want. And respect people. Yeah. And if you're really that confused, just DM me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work it out on the pod. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. Thank again. you, Lauren, for creating a podcast. And congrats on 10 episodes ah, and, and more. 11 now. 11. It's me. <laughs>